welcome to Connections Cast with an X in the middle um, for our second full-length podcast. Today we're going to be talking about social justice and as we talked about in the previous episode, the five principles of social justice, today we're going to primarily be talking about access. And so once again, I'm John. I am a core member of Connections Community Church in Irvine, and we're always welcoming new people to connect with us via Facebook. Um, If you type in Connections Community Church, we'll be the the one that pops up with the purple logo, and you can also reach out to us at www.connectionscommunity.church. And here is the pastor of that church, my good friend, Sandra Talby. Hi there. So I'm Sandra J. Talby, and we uh, want to get going today, as John said. And we want to look at why it is matters of social and racial justice really are important. And to begin kicking that whole thing off, we are going to talk about access. So what does access mean? So, John, do we have just a good, basic Merriam-Webster definition of what access means in general? Yeah, it just means being um, coming into a place or being allowed to come into a place. And that's very physical, but when we're talking about access in spiritual, social sense, it's being given the, the rights to come to the table. Yes, yes. And John Lewis would have said, uh, again, we talked about John Lewis last week, who was, uh, he is the late great icon, just died recently. He was a representative in Congress for 35 years, and he was a social justice advocate from the age of 20. And he fought for human rights and uh, voting and getting people access to come to the table. In fact, he used to say, uh, if you can't get to the table, there's no seat, bring your own chair. Mm. And, and, he, and he meant it. So, so access. So as John, this John just said, it's a, it's a means of approaching or entering a physical place and socially it's what gets one to the table. And so, so the table now is going to have different meanings in different places, but when we think about having access to areas like education, housing, healthcare, economics, those are the, the areas that would apply as we think about culturally, socially, and then of course racially want to begin to explore and again we we don't claim to have all the answers you know we're just trying to open up conversation uh, to get us thinking about things that are uh, out there in the world that need people to come alongside to begin to help others be aware of needs but then to begin to speak up and stand up for change right John that's 100% 100% right. And and when we do the work that we believe we're supposed to do um, and that, that God has for us to do, 
when we open the doors of access and opportunity for everyone, um, particularly those in greatest need, that's when social justice can really happen. And that's, that's a part of the faith. That's a part of, of the faith that, that we profess at Community Connections Church. Yes, yes, yes it is. And, uh, and so we want to uh, look at issues of access in the world or, or ways in which access can be improved for people. And um, and so and then and then we'll wind down uh, later on as we think about how God may be calling you uh, to become involved that people can gain greater access in areas of housing or economics. There might be lawyers out there or people who are studying uh, social policy. Want our policy makers, students, to be thinking about ways in which God may be calling you to use your your training, your education, your gifts to help people gain greater access. And we're talking about people, those who are in need, people who do not have access uh, in the way that you and I might have. So, uh, so we're saying that there is an inequity. You know, we'll get to that next week as we talk about equity, but there's imbalance. And it, and it goes, as we said, first cast all the way back to slavery. Mm-hmm. And, and while there is no such thing as slavery in America today, but there are systemic uh, ripplings that have trickled down through the ages that continue to show itself in ways where people still suffer mm-hmm. and, uh, and do not have access. So... Well, that's what we're talking about. Um, I, I want to just remind us that uh, John Lewis, he really fought for uh, people, and he he had five things that he that he that he talked about uh, as far as helping people to gain access, and then also calling people to then come alongside to help people gain access. He said there are five things that you need to do. One, he said, you need to vote. And we know we have an upcoming election. And uh, and so we're reminding people how important it is. Your vote matters. Uh, somebody, I think it was Michelle Obama, said, vote as if your life uh, depends on it, because it does. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Second thing that John Lewis taught was to speak truth to power, and and really that just means again talking about speaking up and speaking out. Now, John Lewis would say when you see something that's not right, you say something, you do something. You cannot be silent any longer. We as a people, we cannot be silent any longer. And thirdly, he said. We have to become a racial equity broker. It means speak up, speaking out, standing in the gap, sitting at the table, and bringing along somebody else with you to the table so that they can have access. And then you advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
And then the fourth thing he says, he said, never give up. Never give up. And, uh, and then the last thing he said, you are never too young to make a difference. So we're speaking to all ages, uh, hopefully, today, uh, in that uh, it isn't just a political thing, but it is a, it's, a, it's an issue of justice to, to help others gain access uh, to places that they are not able to enter into today. So, uh, John, do you want to add anything on to that? Yeah, I think for... Um, who's listening, whoever's listening today, think of that person that encompasses these qualities and realize that you can be that person. And when you are that person, think of, think of a time when you were down or you were experiencing some sort of injustice where something was unfair and someone came to your side and advocated for you sat in that place and spoke up for you when you do that for someone and if you're a lawyer so someone who's doing social policy or someone who's just speaking out for uh, a homeless person that sat at your church for many years and never got taken care of when you advocate for that person you're being that person who was that person for you and and so when that starts to become our mode of operation social justice really can uh thrive and take part and and like like we've talked about it encompasses many issues and there are many different ways that you can stand in the gap and we're very excited to to hear your stories of of times when you stand in the gap and and you advocate for people because it's yeah, not just for one person or just a few people. This is this is something that um, that takes all of us. And just think of how beautiful it will be when we all uh, take part in John Lewis's vision. Uh, does that make sense, Doctor? What do you think about that, Doctor Talley? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a, a very good uh, a very good point. And as you were thinking, I was thinking about how we just lost recently another. Uh, advocate for people, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She she was a real advocate for helping people to gain access, and she uh, was a, a lawyer, a very smart uh, lawyer. I think she graduated from uh, Columbia University, and then uh, later on, I think went to uh, Harvard. I may have that wrong, and so you fact-checkers out there, you can <laughs> uh, correct that. Uh, but you know that she uh, went on to become the, a Supreme Court justice. And uh, and so she just died at, at the age of, uh, she was 87, so just a couple weeks ago she just died. But she was an advocate for people uh men and women, but she kind of made a landmark a dissenting decision that had to do with uh, the Lily Ledbetter case, and it turned out that Lily Ledbetter was a woman who was working at a job and discovered that she was being paid, I forget the exact amount, it was $40 a 
per paycheck or 40 cents per hour. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but she was earning much less than men who were doing the same thing. And so she brought her case to to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Ruth fought uh, for her. And in, I think, 1970, she won that case uh, for Lily and from that time on, women uh, now, are, they have the right to earn, it doesn't always happen, but they have the right to have access to equal pay uh, for equal work. Um, also, I found another interesting thing. What Ruth Bader Ginsburg did was she discovered that there were women who were in the Air Force, and when they got pregnant, some kind of situation where they kind of understood that if they were pregnant, they either had to leave the service or they had to abort their babies in order to remain in the Air Force. Can you imagine that? Hmm. And so Ruth Bader Ginsburg took a case. She fought for this woman. Uh, and, and so now the law of the land is that when women are pregnant, they do not have to leave the service, nor do they have to abort their babies, but they can stay and have their babies and remain in the service. So I, I didn't know about those, those 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 kind of landmark things that Ruth Bader Ginsburg did, but, but she was, again, fighting to give women access to the same kind of laws that men uh, adhere to. So uh, so when you think about that, I mean, we're just talking about what's been going on socially, and uh, and then of course there, there are racial things that, that uh, issues of racial injustice that John Lewis fought for, but together these, these were giants who were helping to bring about um, the same kind of things, you know, giving people access to the things that we all deserve a right to have. What do you say about that, John? Yeah, the compassion to another, put ourselves in their shoes and give them access to better footwear. Uh, it helps improve their well-being as well as ours. Well, how about if we just take a little break and you invite people to uh, get connected with uh, us, tell us, tell them who we are. Sounds good, yeah. So we're going to take a little break, but in the meanwhile, you, if you'd like, um, please check out uh, us on Facebook search for Connections Community Church and we'll be the purple logo. Also, you can uh, check out our website, www.connectionscommunity.church and we'll be right back. All right. Well, hello and welcome back, Dr. Talby. All right, so I just wanted to review kind of what we've been saying. We, we talked about access, what it is in general and what it means terms of social and racial justice, and how we are inviting people, including people at the table, uh, to be able to uh, participate in getting those things that they have rights to have. And we said that John Lewis and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were principal fighters who gave people access. They, they uh, did things in their life work to help people gain access, whether it was voting, whether it was equal pay, uh, 
housing, economics, so on and, and so forth. And so now we would like to just kind of uh, think about access in terms of uh, what it means in education, what it means for health care. Uh, so access, John, what, what, what would that mean in terms of education and health care, having access? It's a good question, Dr. Talby. Um, I'd throw it out to the people. What do you, first, what do you guys think that that equal education would look like? Are, are we living in a situation where there's unequal education, uh, like a separate but equal almost status uh, amongst our schools? I don't. Uh, I, what do you think, Dr. Talby? Well, I think when we talk about access and education, we're really saying that uh, at least we're striving to ensure that students have equal and equitable opportunities to take full advantage of their education. And then as far as healthcare, you know, we can say that it's uh, the opportunity to have health care needs fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the Affordable Care Act, uh, and we're not pushing, we're not, you know, saying one party over the other. We're just saying that that's what access means that, that that people have the opportunity to have their health care needs fulfilled. Uh, and of course economics, we talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and how she fought to get access for women to have equal pay. So, so, so access, I mean, it, it really does cut across all uh, aspects you know, of the spectrum of, of what we need to do to live. And, and so now we would want to kind of look at what what did Jesus say? You know, the, the Bible says uh, something about every aspect of our life. And, and they uh, and so God even said stuff about access. And I, I'm reminded of uh, a parable in the New Testament where Jesus was, uh, was talking about how he should be as those who would come after him and he don't forget he realized that things were not equal in his day probably call it like a feudal system some were even indentured servants and then there were those who were very wealthy and they kind of looked down on, on those who were less than and then we, we know that in that society also women not revered as equal to men because of the Jewish system and the way even that the synagogue was was structured. Women sat on the outside behind, there was a a balustrade or a petition where women sat behind and men sat in the front. So so things weren't equal. And so Jesus was trying to adjust, uh, address all of that. And so Anyway, he, he tells a parable, uh, and, and he uses the, the metaphor of a banquet. And, uh, and so he, here's what he said. He said, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. He said, because if you do, they may uh, invite you back. 
and so you will be repaid. In other words, he, he was trying to say we should think about not doing stuff just because we're going to get a return invitation or a return, you know, out of boy. <laughs> he was saying that we, we need to think about doing stuff that you, you may never get a thank you for, uh, but you'll get that from God. He's the one that will reward us. So he was trying to tell us to lift our sights a little bit higher. And so he says, so when you give a banquet, he says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. He says, and then you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection. Mm. So he's saying that, that that payment may not even come until you know we die and, and go to heaven. But, but the point is we're storing up values that are eternal, that, that will surpass time as we know it here on earth. So what did, what did you hear in that parable of the banquet, inviting the poor and the crippled and the blind? What did, what did you hear, John? Yeah, I, I heard God's heart in caring for a whole number of different types of people, especially those who have trouble taking care of themselves or are at the butt of a system that is unequal. And Jesus always said the poor will always be with you, so he realizes that there's inequity in the system, but I think really he's, he's showing how much God loves all types of people. Yeah, that's right. And so, so in that parable, he, he's saying, give access to the people who will not be invited yes. to the table. Yes. And, uh, and, he, and he's talking about the, the, the downtrodden and the outcasts. And, and so as we think about, you know, those listening out there today, you know, we, we need to think about how does that transfer to today? You know, again, we have so many situations going on, you know, in, the, in our very neighborhoods where... There are people who do not have access not only to a dinner or a luncheon uh, at one's home, but they don't even have access to health care, to education, <clears throat> to the economics. They, they can't maybe get the kind of job that they uh, would like to have because they don't have the training. So, so what can you do out there to help lift people up out of the situation that they find themselves in. What do you think God may be calling you to do to increase access for those who are unable to really do it for themselves? Yeah. So that, that's our question we kind of leave you with today. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I, I wanted to leave with uh, the, the notion that there's some people, I think, think of faith as a way to improve your life and your happiness. But I think a, a major part of what we're trying to do at Connections Community Church is also trying to help the well-being of others around us and have that have a right relationship with them. And that when we help take care of their needs and see what's getting in the way of them having the type of lifestyle that God would want for them, that we intercede and that we help in that regard. And We'd love, we'd love to hear about ways that you guys can intercede and ways that you guys would like to help. And, you know, we're in Irvine, so what are the needs of, of Irvine and things that you see around you that, that you would want to intercede? And we'd love to come around you in that.
come alongside you. Yeah. Bye guys.